Hey, how you doing? Welcome to the J Mokopo podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for subscribing. If you're listening to this on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, I'm so grateful that you made the time uh, to listen to this today. I believe this message is going to bless your life. So prepare your heart, prepare your mind, and let's hear God's word. 19 verse 16. Please make sure you are taking notes uh, today. So Speaking about Jesus, uh, we know the book of Revelation is a, is a book that is written not very literally, but there's a lot of symbolism in it. And a part of the symbolism is the image of Jesus that it is giving us here. So Revelation chapter 19 verse 16 says, And on his, ro- on his robe and on his thigh was the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Amen? King of Kings. Can someone say King of Kings? You know, some people will look at this verse and they'll say, that's proof Jesus has a tattoo. But that's just uh, something that we see here. It's written on his thigh. There's a writing on him. It says, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But you know, many times I would hear that Jesus is the King of Kings. And I would just say it, King of Kings, King of Kings. But I remember taking time to think about that. When you say Jesus is king of kings, which kings is he the king of? You know, I'd be thinking like, what kings is he the king of? We're always the king of kings, Lord. But what kings is he the king of? But you see, the Bible doesn't want to confuse you. In the book of Revelation, the same book, the Bible speaks of kings. So we look in the book of Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. So later the Bible says Jesus is the king of kings, but in the beginning of the book, it speaks of which kings. So Revelation chapter 1, verse 5 to 6, it says, and from Jesus Christ, who is, fa- who is a faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us a kingdom, other versions will say, has made us kings and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. So when the Bible says that God or Jesus is the king of kings, he is speaking about us. Can someone say amen today? So so God has not only called you to be one who is saved, he does not only do a work of salvation in you, but he also calls you to be a king in this world. So what does that mean? It means that you are a king and In our generation, we tend to have a problem with authority figures. We tend to judge presidents and mayors and bosses, managers, principals, government officials, and even traditional chiefs. We say this about them and we say that about them, but God's word is revealing to you that you are also a king in your own right. How many of you know that there are places in your life that nobody has a say but you? There are some things that are going on in your mind, how you dress your body, how you do certain things, that nobody can step into that arena but you. So the question is, we can judge other kings, we can judge principles, we can judge um, 
uh, presidents and other people who have authority, but what type of a king are you? Can someone say amen today? It's important that we, we look to this word that says king of kings. Why? Because we want to honor God at the end of the day. We want this title to be honored. Now, when someone says, I'm the king of, if somebody were to stand before you and say, I am the king of ants, that's not, that's not a title to hold closely to yourself. Amen? If someone says, I'm the king of ants, this is, you're the king of ants, so what? Okay? Because of the ants, ne? the ants is what, ma- it's what makes the king lose respect. Are you following me? If someone says, I am the king, or, or a, a coach, says, I'm the coach of a team that is not winning, it's the team that makes the coach lose honor. So it's important when we are saying Jesus is the king of kings, as a king on this earth, the way you live your life must bring honor to the king above you. Can someone say amen today? So we want that this title given to Christ to remain a title that when people look at the kings who he is the king of, they look at him and they say, oh, aren't you a great king? We think of even parents. There are some parents that the child makes the parent look good. They look for the parent of the child and they say, are you the parent of this child? And say, yes, and then the parent gets honor. So when we say he's the king of kings, we have to look at ourselves and say we want that title to remain a title of honor to God. So the question again I want to bring towards you is what type of a king are you? What type of a king are you? Look to the person next to you and say what type of a king are you? Let's turn to the book of Matthew chapter 14 verse 1 to 12. The book of Matthew chapter 14 verse 1 to 12 where We are striving to be the type of people who God has called us to be. That in our own rights, because we are children of a king, that there's royalty over us and we need to live in a way that represents that royalty here on earth. We were singing about the kingdom, forever his kingdom reigns. But it's important that on earth we are representing that kingdom well. Can someone say amen today? So the book of Matthew chapter 14, verse 1 to 12, we see the story of Herod, who was a king in his own right. It says this, at the time Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus, he said to his attendants, this is John the Baptist who is risen from the dead. That is why these miraculous signs are at work in him. Now, Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias. Uh, or Herodias, it says um, his brother's, his brother Philip's wife, for John had been saying to him, it's not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but because he was afraid of the people, um, and they, he was afraid of the people, so he didn't kill them because the people considered John a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought 
in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and they told Jesus. Can someone say amen today? Not a very nice story, but nonetheless, here it is. So, the, so just a, a quick summary. What was going on is Herod wanted to kill John the Baptist. Why did Herod want to kill John the Baptist? What was going on in Herod's life? Herod had a wife before, and his brother had a wife who was Herodias. Herod's brother's name was Philip, and Philip married Herodias. But because Herod began to like his brother's wife, he divorced his wife and took his brother's wife. Can someone say amen today? We are Jola 99 doesn't start these days. It's, it's been happening. So, so what John did, because Herod was a king, and in those days, people saw anyone who was in a form of authority, they understood that God has given you that job to lead the people well. So John the Baptist, because he looked at what was going on, he was saying, it's not right for you to be doing that. So Herod, Herod got upset and wanted to kill John the Baptist, but because he was afraid of the community, they say that that's an innocent man, he's a man of God, don't kill him, he didn't want to kill him. But what happened was, this story is so twisted that Herod took his brother's wife, and his brother's wife already had a child with his brother. Am I making sense? So his niece, at Herod's birthday, his niece is dancing, and she's interacting with the guests, and he loves his niece, who is now his stepdaughter. Then he's happy with her and says, what do you want? And she says, because of Herodias also hates John the Baptist, he's... Uh, her mother tells the daughter to tell her new stepdad to kill John the Baptist and to kill him, and, and Herod does that. Amen? Amen. So, but just to point this out, the, the Bible, or this passage, starts off with Herod hearing about Jesus and thinking it's John the Baptist, and then he, because this, John had already died in this story. It's not something that's happening now. It had already happened. So the Bible is telling you about what had already happened. Amen. So, you know, I tend to look at the Bible as almost like an, I have an application on my phone that has different albums. And sometimes I look at the Bible like an application that has different albums. And the books are like different albums, so like the, the, the album of Matthew. And then each chapter is like a track. And I feel this track starts off in a hot way. How many of you know a, a song that when it starts, you just love the way the song starts? And I love how this chapter starts because what it says, it says, when Herod heard about Jesus, he thought it was John the Baptist. Can someone say amen today? This represents how Christ-like John the Baptist was. You see, the Bible, when we, you say you are a Christian, the Bible is not saying that you must follow this religion. The Bible is saying you must follow Christ. I want us all to understand that as a Christian, it's not to follow the rules that you are given by the church. We are saying we want our lives to model and to look like Jesus. You know, we need to even get to a point where we are trying to model him so much that it touches your practical life as well. There used to be these uh, bracelets that would say, what would Jesus do? And some people used to put them on yourself so you're reminded when you are upset and you look 
look at that bracelet, how would Jesus respond in this situation? You know, you have to ask yourself, guys, if Jesus was dealt and put in the exact situation that you are in, how would he respond? If he was exactly where you are, exactly the, the race, the, the gender, the, the situation you're in, how would he be handling his life? And is it matching yours? Would Jesus look like you? If Jesus was in this church, would he be moving the way you move? If Jesus had your job, would he be moving in that way? If you're not asking those questions, you're lost. Because you are just religious. We are here to say Christ is our example that we are trying to conform ourselves to, not to be you, but better. And that's the problem we have often. Many times even we hear sermons, and, and even in hearing the sermon, you are picturing yourself do things, but you're not saying, Jesus, how would you handle it? Are you following me today? The Bible says, can we turn to the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 6? 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. We're going to run through these quickly. It says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. I want to say that again to you. Whoever claims to live in Christ, you must live like Jesus. Not like you, like Jesus. Can someone say amen today? Look to the person next to you say, like Jesus. Let's go to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. It says, to this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. When Jesus lived his life, he calls you to follow his steps. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, this is Paul speaking, says, Follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus. So, you know, what... John the Baptist did in the beginning of this chapter is John the Baptist confused the enemy. He confused the enemy because when Herod heard about Jesus, John the Baptist came to mind. Now I want to ask you, when people speak about Jesus, do you come to mind? When people hear about Jesus, how he was loving, how he handled uh, people trying to offend him, how he was committed to his mission. When people hear about Jesus, does anyone think about you? And says, oh, that's like you. Because this is what we are called to do. This, this passage starts and says, Matthew chapter 14, verse 1 to 2. It says, at that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports of Jesus, and he said this to his attendants. This is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead. This is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Because I've already, I had killed this man, but it sounds like he's come to life again. Are you hearing me, church? You know, sometimes we, we like to give ourselves the way out and we say, I'm not Jesus. 
But scripture doesn't call you to that. It says you're supposed to be like him though. You're almost actually supposed to be confused with him. And say this is just like Jesus. But you know, as I was looking through this, you know, the Holy Spirit ministered to me about this. And sometimes we think, okay, how, how John the Baptist was is exactly how Jesus was. Great. But John the Baptist was so much like Jesus. It's not just in his actions, but John the Baptist was disliked like Jesus. He was disliked in the way that Jesus was disliked. The same way Herod heard about Jesus and got irritated, he re was reminded about what irritated him about John the Baptist. Can someone say amen today? You know, we sometimes have this image of Jesus like he was the nicest person all the time. But there were some ways when God had called him to do certain things that it wasn't nice how he would say things sometimes. Are you following me? Let's think about some salty moments with Jesus. Because he, the Bible says that we are the salt of the earth and he was the most strongest salt, so sometimes things got salty. There was a time when Jesus called Peter, basically compared one of his closest followers to Satan. How would you feel if somebody who's supposed to be leading you looks to you and, says, and calls you Satan, basically? Jesus, when people were criticizing him, he looked at them and he called them, he said that their father is the devil. Jesus, once when he was doing ministry, his mother and family came looking for him and he basically said that if you're not serving God, you're basically not my family. There was a time when people were leaving Jesus and they were walking away from him and the people who were the, the, his closest allies, his friends that he spent time with, when other people were leaving him, he just looked at them and says, are you guys going too? There are times when how he would speak, it was not nice, but it was good. Now what I want you to, 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 to I want to give you something that's a little bit uncomfortable. And that is sometimes there are people who are Christians who, as they are serving God, they may, you may encounter things you don't like about another Christian. But be careful to not dislike another Christian because you may be disliking the Christ-likeness in them. Because they are trying to serve God. And they are focused. And sometimes the way they will say something to you, it's not sweet. But they are just trying to build what God has called them to build. And you can find yourself disliking them and having an attitude towards them. But that is sounding like Jesus a bit. So it's not only in the niceness that we must be like Jesus. But we must love all parts of Jesus. Amen. So thinking about being a good king on this earth, one way that you are going to be a great king is that you worship all parts of Jesus. You worship all parts of him. And that means that sometimes his people, as we are serving, we may bump heads or we may not understand each other the, the same way, but it doesn't mean we stop fellowshipping with them. Can someone say amen today? Or sometimes even in our families, sometimes the people around us, just because the way they have responded or have spoken is not nice, it does not mean that you begin to push them away from you, but you continue to walk with them. 
Can someone say amen today? Can someone say amen today? So if you're desiring to to be one who walks with Jesus, you have to hold on to all parts of Jesus. Amen? All parts of him. All parts of him. You have to say yes to them. Let's go to the next thing that we see in the story. So so that's point number one. A, A great king, a great king worships all parts of Jesus. Can we look to the book of Matthew chapter 14, verse 3 to 4? Matthew 14, verse 3 to 4. It says, Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Can somebody say, Correction is connection? What was happening was, John the Baptist was being used as a point of correction in the life of Herod. But when Herod was being corrected, he put John the Baptist in a prison instead of hearing him out and being connected to the right path. How many of you have ever put someone in prison because they are trying to correct you? The problem is that many people, we don't want to be wrong. And you don't want to be told you're wrong. You don't want to be told that that's the wrong way of doing it. No, if if someone is correcting you, we push them away and we put them in a prison. But you need to change. If you're going to be a great king on this earth, you have to change the way you see correction. And understand that if someone is correcting you, they are connecting you to a better path. If someone is correcting you, they are connecting you to something that is good. uh, Let's go to the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. Proverbs, chapter 3, verse 11 to 12. It says, My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or correction. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline or correction. And do not resent his rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. I want to say that again. The Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, as a father, the son he delights in. When you experience correction, you need to see that as love, not judgment. You see, we are in this place where, oh, don't judge me. Oh, don't say this about me. No, don't talk about what I did. No, don't, uh, no, 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 I'm I'm being judged. And sometimes someone is trying to love you. Sometimes God wants to love you with the people he puts around you and say, that's not the right way of doing it. Can someone say amen today? Can someone say amen today? You have to learn how to detach your personal self from the action you did. You see, that's one of the things that we also learn in church, is just because someone has done something, the person is not what they did. You are not what you did. That is the action and you are yourself. So if you've done an action that is wrong, correction is dealing with what happened. It's not putting a thing upon you. 
But if you are connecting what you did to you, you're not going to be able to receive the correction. But the correction is trying to build you and trying to take care of you and trying to cover you. If you will be a great king, in wherever God has placed you, you have to be open to correction. You see, the thing with you being a king is there are some places in your life, if you don't want to be corrected, you won't be. You won't change it if you don't want to change it. People can talk and talk, but you're going to keep going on the same path you're going. The question you must ask yourself is, are you, are you open to correction? Am I making sense to anyone today? Am I making sense to anyone today? You know, sometimes the, in, in our friendships and things, you know, sometimes you will encounter people and uh, I've, I've had situations where people would bring certain counseling cases uh, in church and outside of church and some people would share about how it's hard for people to receive love if they don't love themselves. You know, I can, you can love someone so much and you can want to care about them so much, but if they don't care about themselves, there's only so far your love can touch their hearts. Can someone say amen today? Or maybe, for example, maybe, has anyone gone to um, do your hair and what they did to you, it, it, it gave you depression a bit? What they did to your hair, you it really, oh my Lord, like you, you were not happy and you paid. And, and, you know, and, and for some reason, you watched it happen, so you blame yourself a bit. You blame yourself. Like you, you saw them do it. You saw them, but your mouth was shut. And, and you saw, what are you doing? But you just... And you leave there so sad, and you walk out, and, and maybe you find yourself around somebody you know, and they look at you, and they say, nice hair. But for some reason, when they say nice hair, you feel like they're insulting you. This hair is not nice. But maybe genuinely, that person is looking at you, and it's like, wow, that's, they like it. They like, but the problem is, you don't like it. You don't like it. So as much as someone wants to give you good, you can't receive it because internally you are not connecting the, the hair to yourself, right? And it's the same thing with, with correction. You see, correction is not just a matter of people loving you. Correction is you loving yourself. Correction is you loving yourself. And I'm saying this not because it's a wise thing. I'm saying it because the Bible says this. The book of Proverbs chapter 12, verse 32. Proverbs chapter, sorry, 15. Proverbs 15, verse 32. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 32. Amen. It says this, those who disregard discipline despise themselves. Those who disregard discipline despise themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. You see, if you don't want people to correct you, you don't love yourself. That's what the Bible says. If you really loved yourself, you'd want, you'd, you'd seek correction. You'd want someone to correct you. You'd be happy when someone is showing you the right way. 
to say thank you. I'm looking for it. You see, this is one of the things that we look for when we are coming in church because there's a community around us that at some times you may say something wrong and someone was next to you when you spoke to someone the wrong way and they may bring up to you to say, hey, you know the way you handle situations could maybe change. And you would love them and not be upset at them because you love yourself as well. And you want yourself also, who else do you love? You love your God. And you want when people speak of God, you know the fact that you represent how people will see God at some places. So you want to be a good king. So when people say king of kings, they would honor your God. So if you love yourself, you will accept correction. So that's point number two. A great king seeks and wants God's correction. Can someone say amen today? Can someone say amen today? So we're moving on to the, the, the third point that we see here in the story is with Herod, um, well, let's look at Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1, and we're going to just speak a little bit about the fear of man. And often when people speak about the fear of man, it's completely despised or it's put on one side. But I want us to see that there are two sides of the fear of man. And when we say fear of man, we speak about respect, amen? As much as you say the fear of God, so it's compared. Your fear for God and your fear for man is compared in the Bible, but we need to fear God above men. But let's look at what the Bible says here. So Proverbs chapter 22, verse 1, it says, A good name is more desirable, is more desirable than great riches. It's to be, esteem, to be esteemed is better than silver or gold. This is the book of Proverbs. It's the book of wisdom. It says, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Now we go to the book of Acts, chapter 6, verse 3. It says, brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you. The, the apostles were, were getting their hands filled with all types of church work, and they said, look, we can't be doing all this other stuff. We need people to help us do the ministry. So they said, get seven men from among you, who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom, we will turn this responsibility over to them. So these men are known for wisdom. They are known to be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Can someone say amen? amen? So we are seeing here that your reputation among people is something that needs to be important to you. In the life of Herod, let's get back to the story in Matthew chapter 14, verse 5. It says, Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. So there are some people in your life that your fear for them is going to keep you on the right track. Can someone say amen today? Amen. There are some people who you should be concerned about your reputation with them. And these are people who are striving to build the things of God. You should want to be seen in a good light from some people and protect your reputation among certain people. If you say you don't care what anybody thinks, that is a foolish statement to make. Recently, there was an artist in the United States who stood on stage and he began to speak recklessly about certain things. And he felt that I only care about my fans, I only care about my family and my friends, and some people are like that. Some people say, I only care about my, what my friends think about me, what my family thinks about me. Everybody else can go jump. 
And he felt the same way. But what happened was, because there are certain people he needs to keep a good reputation with, it affected his career. It affected his talent. It affected doors being open to him because he felt that I, I, don't, I don't care what other people think. Herod had a problem, though. He cared what everybody thought. You see, because at some point, he was around the good people, and, and they stopped him from killing John the Baptist. But later, he got around another crowd in Matthew chapter 14, verse 8 to 10. It says, prompted by her mother, she said, give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and the dinner guests, he ordered her request to be granted and John the Baptist beheaded. So he was in another crowd that he also was afraid of, that he also respected, and he didn't have anywhere where he was standing. He just moved with where the crowd wanted him to go. And you're never going to be a great king if you're moving where any crowd tells you to go. There are some people who we need to hold a good reputation with, but there are some people who we don't need to necessarily hold a good reputation with. Can someone say amen today? Am I making sense? So you have to ask yourself, are you striving to, have a good repu to value your reputation among the people of God? Can someone say amen? Do you value your reputation among the people of God? Again, like I think it was last week we, or a few weeks ago, we spoke about how if somebody were to speak about you just clearly and say, I'm not going to hold any punches, I'm just going to say clear what I see, you know, would you be happy with what they would say? Do you think you'd be happy with what they would say? Is your reputation in a place with God's people where they would speak of you in a good report, or if they say, let's be honest, you have some issues. Amen. As I'm coming to a close, as I'm coming to a close, as I'm coming to a close, one thing we need to understand about the people who we want to, or the people we respect, the people we want to serve, we must understand that behind people, Behind people, behind people's lives, there is often an authority over someone's life. For some people, they have an authority of God, but some people, their authority is their flesh. For some people, their authority is the world. And, and if you're trying to serve someone, some people want something from you that is going to serve something behind them. Are you hearing me? Some people, the, 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 the things they want from you it's, it's because it makes something else happy. They want certain behaviors from you because it makes their flesh happy. They want certain uh, actions from you because it is the ways of the world. But there are some people who will want something from you because it honors God. You see, Herod was a king and he, there were people he wanted to please. There were people who he loved. And again, we must be careful with the people we care about. Because we want to make them happy. Amen? We want them to be happy. But what is behind the people we care about? You know, we have to take a deeper look, even in family. 
we have to take a deeper look in family. And I think it's so important that even families have moments where they can, if the family is centered in Christ, where they can be almost an audit of the family. A spiritual audit of checking what's going on with us. What is be- because it's, it's not only people outside. Sometimes it is someone in your family, they want things from you, but it's just serving their flesh. And we need to be able as families to sit with each other and say, the things you want, a husband speaking to a wife, a wife speaking to a husband and say, the things you want, the things you're desiring, are those things for God or is this a thing that the world wants from you? Is this what's going to make us look good in the world? Or as friends? Because Herod wanted to please his stepdaughter. And what she did was, Herod did, he finally came and killed John the Baptist. What did she do? She took the head and gave it to the mother, where the desire came from. She came, it wasn't really her, there was something behind her. And she gave it and offered it to, the, to her mother. So we must be careful that we're not giving offerings to the wrong things by trying to please the wrong people. Because God has called you to be a king, a king for him. So there are some places that you see your time. Nobody can tell you anything about your time. No one can tell you anything about your emotions. There, there are places where you are the king of that. You have the last say in, so, in some places in your life. But those places are meant to be given unto God. Can someone say amen? Can someone say amen? You see, in the story, we can often look at it and think that Herod was the king in the story. But the true king, the person who was walking as a king was John the Baptist. The person who was truly walking as a king was John the Baptist. Because at the end of the day... He was killed for what he believed in. Amen? Standing for for God cost him and he was willing to take it. Literally, he was killed because he was correcting, because the, the king took his brother's wife. And it was wrong. And he got arrested for it. And he never said, okay, fine, it's fine. I, I take my words back. He stood there like a king. And what do we see later? We see Jesus do the same thing. We see Jesus do the same thing. That what he stood for, if it was going to put him on a cross, then so be it unto the glory of God. So be it unto the glory of God. You see, we live as kings in this world, but it doesn't mean we're going to be in palaces. It doesn't mean we're going to be in castles. It doesn't mean we're going to have crowns on our heads. It doesn't mean people are going to clap hands for us as we walk into malls. It doesn't mean that. But sometimes what God has called you to, He's called you to walk as a king. And why a king is to reflect the character of God. So when the Bible says Jesus is the king of kings, it's because His character must be reflected in us because He has done a work in us. 
So when it says king of kings, it's because we look like him and we speak like him. So our identity changes and we are like kings because we are like him. But being a king may mean that you must go down for what you believe in. Can someone say amen today? Can we start on our feet? We're going to pray. Thank you so much for listening to the J Mokopa podcast. Um, you know, I get reports, uh, you know, so many uh, inboxes, DMs about just what God is doing through this podcast. So I just want to say thank you for listening. If you know someone who needs to hear this message, please pass it on to them. Send them the links. Uh, but also, if you have time, could you please rate the podcast on Apple Podcast? Write a review. Uh, and on uh, Spotify, it really helps the podcast, you know, reach higher heights, reach more people and, you know, help the ministry do what it needs to do. So if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. I hope you have a great week. God bless you. Take care.